Five scores! Rick Five. We decided to get ourselves back in the game again with our podcast. Rick Five. Probably the craziest story that you're ever going to hear about hockey. We're going to be coming back to you on a regular basis. You are listening to Squid and the Ultimate Leafs fan. Hello, Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland. And an extra big hello to Canadian servicemen overseas. Welcome everyone to episode 98 of the Squid and Ultimate Leaf Fan Show. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leafs fan. Joining me as always, my winger, Ricky Squid Vibe. Squid, how are we keeping? Well, gosh, Mike, we're almost at 100. I know. I mean, that's I that's pretty impressive, uh, but I'm doing fine. I, I'll tell you what, though, I played in the RBC scramble yesterday. So they put eight people together, so two teams, yeah. so that you don't, you don't cheat. Yeah. Six and a half hours we were on the golf course. Nice. Nice. Uh, it, I tell you, I was exhausted. I played great for 12 holes, and then I just, like, lost it. I was so tired. <laughs> well, that's why, hey, that's why we have, 90, well, after today, I'm speaking to our guest today, Andre, after we have him on, today, be, that's why we want to do 98 shows. It keeps you away from doing all that other nonsense. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which it isn't nonsense. They're always good causes that you're, you're you always got to think about what you're doing it for and who's who's benefiting from it. And that's the good thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah, um, well, our guest today was taken 151st overall by the Boston Bruins in the 1994 draft. Enjoy 14 year pro career with stops in Ottawa and Tampa, where he won a Stanley Cup, Pittsburgh and Calgary. He's a tough physical player. He was a tough physical player, and he certainly made his presence felt when he was on the ice. Please welcome. Andre, well, Andre, first off, thanks for joining us. And how you keeping, man? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying the summer, even though it's a chilly summer, I got to say. But, uh, yeah, still enjoying myself, you know, trying to golf and enjoy the family and friends a little bit for the summer. But doing well. How about you guys? Squid? Good. Right on. All good, all good, Andre, except yesterday, the RBC scramble. It was a six-and-a-half-hour yeah. round. <laughs> I, oh wow! I heard I heard you say that. That's crazy. Golf. If there's oh. something that kind of drives me nuts, and I'm sure every golfer is to wait in uh, while you're playing golf. You know, when you know you can play a, a, a 18 hole in three and a half hours, and you wait like five, six, or whatever. Oh man, I don't have the patience for that. But good for you, bud. No. <laughs> well, I kind of so, lost okay. it after the 12th hole. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Andre, what were your thoughts on the way the NHL scene ended with the abs on top? The what? The, or with, the, with Colorado winning. What was your thoughts on the final? Oh, wow. Great playoff run. You know, great, uh, great playoff run. A lot of people uh, had mixed. Um, uh, they, they, they were like, like some people uh, were thinking Tampa was going to take this and some other. It was like 50, whatever. You know, it was half and half. Uh, obviously, being a former Lightning, uh, won the Cup there in 04. I always uh, try to support uh, the Lightning the best yeah. I can, especially with uh, going to plus. The only thing that I was a little worried was, uh, well, worried. Uh, the concern for me was that they played so much hockey in the last two years, you know. So mm -hmm. going in a third year again in the finals, I was like, man, that, that might be tough with the traveling to Colorado, the altitude, all that. That was something that I was a little uh, maybe concerned. 
for Tampa, but Colorado, what a year they had. They didn't steal anything. They were just, uh, I think, yeah. the better team at the end there. Now, when you won your cup, how long before your feet? We just want to get into a little bit what players may be feeling, but how long before your feet came back to earth? <laughs> Actually, well, my year was 04, so yeah. a, lot of, a lot of talk about the, the, the lockout was uh, everywhere. Right. Everybody's saying uh, in 05, obviously, we, we missed a full year there. So uh, everybody's like, yeah, it's going to be a lockout, lockout. So my, my Stanley Cup... Uh, championship i partied until i don't know august <laughs> september guys were at the gym <laughs> and guys were at the gym i was like there's gonna be a lockout anyways everybody but i said if if there is a season then i might be in trouble especially going to camp with john tortorella so uh, we all know torts how he's a, a maniac about conditioning but Oh man, I partied hard everywhere I go. Everybody just wants to have beers or whatever shots with me. So that year, oh my God, I was so out of shape. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed that, it. I partied hard. Yeah. Well, Andre, if that was if that was back in my day, they would have partied until Christmas. <laughs> with, oh yeah. With a lockout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I so, know. Andre. Take us back to your junior, your last years as junior. Uh, did you have any feeling of who was going to take you? And, and take us through your draft. Yeah, well, uh, I came in late, like in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And because uh, I, I play, once I play uh, in Bantam, you have to play double A to get invited to triple A. But I'm not going to get into details, but... You know how it is in minor hockey sometimes in different different cities. The fodder and the and, and there was a big uh, I think anyways, a lot of stuff happened and I don't know the the coach. I don't know. I I'm not gonna get into details, but something about like coach maybe didn't like me or whatever. There's a little bit of jealousy. I was a good hockey player. <laughs> Believe it or not, I could score goals in minor <laughs> hockey. And, and I was one of the top players, you know, big, strong guy, big shot. I always had a great slap shot anyways. So to long story short, I didn't get invited to the midget AAA. So I played midget double A two years. And I got finally drafted. I was uh, well 18 because I showed up and in the queue in Quebec there at the, our Beauport is now the Quebec Ramparts where Patrick was coaching. So I got uh, drafted there and I kind of knew, okay, this is my last chance. I got to have an impact. And I think that's, that's how I started really getting into the physicalness and fighting. Cause I remember going to camp. One of my buddies was already playing in the queue. He's like, well, Andre, you know, you're tall. If you're, you're, you're a big guy, well, big guy, I was skinny, but I was tall guy. So for sure, people are going to come after you trying to fight you. And those days, we're talking 91, 92, a lot of fights, obviously. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, growing up with two brothers, going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the living room after the <laughs> WWF on Sundays, Sunday mornings, we've seen the Hulkster and Macho Man who used to fight. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to go and fight whoever, you know, wants to go. And I remember my first fight. I'm in training camp. We're playing black against white. And Patrick Cote played in Nashville and Dallas. A former tough guy. Didn't play long, but some people might remember the name. He was pretty tough. And 
punched me in the face. I scored a goal, crossed me and punched me. I was like, all right, let's go. So I dropped the mitts, never fought on skates. I started just throwing punches, but it was so, I was like aiming for the fence, going, like trying to fight and on my knees, back up, swinging, taking a punch in the face and then going back down. Just, it was, I was all over the place, but I was like, ah, oh, it's not too bad. I took a couple good punches in the face and the head. And then I got in another fight with a, another guy. I did okay. Then slowly I got in a couple of scrubs. I said, you know, I'm just going to keep doing whatever and try to play the game at the same uh, same time. I always and people laugh because they watch. Well, no, they, they laugh. I mean, people that know me that play minor hockey kind of know that I could play. Like all the tough guys, I think that if you look back at guys yeah, like yeah. Probert, Domi, they were all yeah. good hockey players growing up. We kind of changed our styles as it went up, as it went on in the pro hockey, right? So, um, so I, I um, uh, so yeah. What was I going with this? Too long. Oh, your draft. Right now. My draft, and then oh yeah, I was trying to copy like the the Rick Tockett, Cam Neely, and uh, even Wendell Clark, like physical power forward. People are like, yeah, right, Cam Neely. I was like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he scored fifty with stuff, but I, I still had a. I was trying to copy that that type of player, anyway. So, uh, so yeah, um, so I started fighting and did uh, okay. Got drafted by the Bruins, and then uh, my draft was in Hartford in '94. So one year, played my my full year in Quebec. Got traded to Shikurimi, went to the Memorial Cup, show up at the draft. So I'm there, um, and then I, I won 51st round. You know, it's kind of far away, six rounds. So. I'm in the stands and I had two of my buddies. My parents could come anyway. So I was two of my buddies and we're just talking. And the Bruins called my name up. They're like from Shikurimi saying, I have no clue what, you know, we're, oh, yeah, yeah, last night that girl. Oh, yeah, last week. Did you hook up with that girl? Yeah, she was on. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> so I, and they're waiting with my jersey at the bottom of the stairway. My agent's like, Andre. I'm like, what? He's like, go home. Go where? He's you just got drafted. I was like, where? I, I like my buddies. We looked at each other. Boston just drafted. They're waiting. We're, oh, hey, hey. With my buddies, high fives. Hey, 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 you know. So I go down, <laughs> down the stairs. The four ladies waiting there for 10 minutes with the jersey and the hat. I was like, sorry, I was at the bathroom. And we had a couple beers up there. No. <laughs> so, and I remember my English was all right. You know, it was okay. I understood to speak. You know, it, it was uh, worse than now, you know, which is okay now. But I, and I remember going to the Bruins table. I go around, shake the hands to everybody, of everyone, you know, around the table. Hey, thank you. Thank you. They're like, uh, are your parents here? But I understood. Do you want a beer? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, sure. So they're like, oh, really? Where? I was like, what? What did you ask me? They're like, are your parents here? Oh, sorry. No, 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 they're not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll have a beer. I didn't know. I was so nervous. I thought it was maybe a thing to maybe crack a beer. What, the, what a bad start for me. They're probably, okay, this kid. Uh, I, anyways, but that was kind of funny. So I called my parents from there, just told, tell them I, I got drafted in Boston. Anyways. Good times. So uh, from there, I kind of knew, you know, I had a foot in the door, but uh, I, I still needed to work and improve to so I could sign a contract with the Bruins. Well, 
they've always been known as a physical team, the Bruins going way back. So, I mean, this probably fits your criteria perfectly. So did this also mentally prepare you going to camp, knowing what you had to do to make that club? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I knew the Bruins were uh, always known to be like pretty physical, you know. Yeah. And 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 I remember also well first camp for sure. I I, I went to camp and I was I tell people that I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because I felt like a kid with men, you know. And uh, I remember going in the locker room and and like I said, Neely is there. Cam there, Ray Bork, uh, Don Sweeney, you know. Uh, even I think Rick Tockett, Kevin Stevens, those guys. Uh, and big ally Freddie too was there one year anyways but i was like oh my god what am i doing here seriously i i, I was like maybe two 203 204 back then when i was 200 you know when i was 19 years old so and i was like man what I, those were like idols for me you know like and i i used to watch them growing up you know and then there i'm here i am in camp with all these guys i was like so my first camp was more of a, hey guys, I'm here. Thanks for her for the opportunity. And uh, so I went back to juniors, but I had a really good season. I don't know. I think the the, the drafting and the, the camp, you know, going to camp really helped me out uh, confidence wise. So I had a pretty good season uh, at 19 in the queue. I finished with 33 goals, you know, and 323 PIMS and uh, no, no. <laughs> But I had yeah. a decent year, so they signed me. And, I, and so up going to my next camp, I had that first camp and the second camp. And I, I, one of the scouts uh, took me aside and said, Andre, I just want to make sure, you know, we, we drafted you. We like you. You're here not to score goals. You're here to be physical. And so I was like, <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. The way he said it to me, it meant like, okay, don't try to score goals and be pretty out there. So I was like, holy it was like a slap in the face. So I, that second year, I started. I, I started finishing checks. I fought a little bit in camp, you know, with some of the young rookies there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that was the year. I, I at twenty years old, I I played in Providence with the farm team there. So, uh, but then on slowly, you know, on my confidence, I start building uh, my confidence and and believing that I'm playing with the pros. And I, you know, it took a couple of years, but finally made it. Well, if, uh, you obviously realized early on that you had to change your role from what you did when you played junior hockey or midget or whatever it might be. Because yeah. as, as you know, probably everybody in the NHL was the best player all the way up from the time they started playing. But then they get to the National League, and then it's a different story. And some guys got to become third, fourth-line guys, third pairing defense because they don't fit in the other part of the roster and they got to kind of change their game. And the ones that understand it and do it quickly are the ones that usually have good success. Absolutely. You're, you're totally correct there, uh, Rick. I mean, Cause you know, there's so many hockey players in the world. They draft so many players every year and I've seen, in camp, I've seen some skilled hockey players, but mm-hmm. they just didn't have that that little edge, the, the kind of going through the motions and just a waste of talent, you know. And they could have played for sure. A lot of guys, first, second rounders, whatever. So I think that's where you have to say, okay, what's my role? What do I need to do to really make uh, make mm-hmm. the NHL, you know? And and that's where uh, I I realized. I said I'm gonna. I'm going to play the game, but I need to change it, be physical, and, and just believe that I belong 
with all these guys. So that's what I did. You know, I, I just decided to, I, hey, Coffee Bailey's there, eh? Can I get one? Uh, so, uh, Delivery came. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Hey, can I get a scotch? <laughs> What's up? Anyway, uh, but uh, you you need to change your role there. And another another good example is Ian Laperriere. He played uh, with mm -hmm. LA uh, block shots PK specialist. I remember Ian. He played in the queue. He scored fifty goals one year. He was a pretty good player. But he came in the NHL and decided to change his role. He started fight. He didn't fight that much in junior. He was like the player that scored goals and that. But he said, you know, to make it, I'm going to start, I'm going to be, uh, be a PK specialist, play the game, and I'll fight once in a while. He was a great team player that would stand up for anyone, you know. So there's another good example because you see guys that just change their roles and they find a way to make it a living in the NHL. So that's what I did also. I said, okay, I'm just going to go there and be the physical guy. And I was a four-line guy, not much ice time. And I never considered myself like a heavy, but I – I would go just, uh, you know, I want to stay in the NHL. I'll be part of uh, the team, whatever they want me to do. And I started fighting. And as a four-line guy, I fought all the big guys. And even though I wasn't the biggest, I, I just went on and did whatever I had to do to stay there. So You talked about your first fight, Andre. So I just want to – I played in Sherbrooke, okay, yeah. in the queue. And my first fight was against Mario Marois. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Mario Morales. Okay. So everybody on the team knew him from the other years and stuff, but nobody told me he was a lefty. So <laughs> we dropped the gloves. He hit me five times before I even knew I was in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's something you need to study, eh? Lefty, righty. I, I, I've i yeah. been there, too. I remember uh, fighting Jamie. Uh, J yeah, Jamie Allison. I was going to say yeah. Jason. Jamie. Jamie Allison played with Calgary Nashville defenseman. He was a lefty. I had no clue. I was in the American Hockey League with Providence. He was with St. John Flames. And I remember going like this. Like I grabbed this jersey to go right. I thought he was a righty. The left came. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> My nose was all like uh, I had no clue. I thought he was a right-handed. He hit me pretty good. Then my eyes all watery and... You know, just fell to the ice and felt shame, like Danny Lemieux. When you feel shame, go to the box and feel shame. But uh, it wow. happens. It's part of the game, eh? You're not going to yeah. win every fight. So. I would throw this back at you also, Andre. Just, uh, again, uh, just sort of dwelling a little bit on playing for the Boston Bruins. But going back to junior as a drafted player by the Boston Bruins, and everybody knows how the recipe of that team is, and you're a physical player, but I would suggest that that put more of a target on your back because guys wanted to make a name for themselves coming after you when you went back to junior. And 33 goals and 300 penalty minutes, that would be enough to tell me this kid's ready because he took on all challengers. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, like uh, you're right because when I came back, obviously some guys that aren't drafted, you know, tough guys, whatever, and they see you've been drafted, they're like, I'm going to show, you know, I can – take on this guy and that so I did accept a lot of fights you know in the queue and uh, same thing going in the in the pro hockey you know they see your stats a lot of time you play teams they look at the pins and they see 300 whatever minutes 
So you play this team, and, and obviously I always had these one, two guys, three guys, whatever. Back then there was like always six, seven guys in the minors that could fight, you know. And I remember every game there was always like lots of fights and always someone that wanted, let's go, let's go, you know. Oh, you're like, oh, man. So, you know, I guess here it's a role that I was like, okay, now this is, is going to be my thing. I need – and I had the same mentality that – the same thinking, I mean, to, to not back down. It's like if I back, well, obviously it's six, one, three minutes left or whatever. I'd be, sometimes I'd be beat it, you know, uh, go, go have yeah. a, uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, just to make my way up, I, I tried to just fight and, and play very physical, but I did have to answer the bell quite often because, yeah, my rep and the, the, the PIM column with all the PIMs, you know, so. But uh, yeah, what do you want to do? You know, we all the tough guys, I guess, were in the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but a guy into the NHL that kept you there for a while, and he won a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I mean, doing what you had to do obviously wasn't all that bad after no, all. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I, it's a tough role. I think mentally, seriously, that's what I people always ask me. I'm like. It, it's uh, for me anyways, I think most of, of, of tough guys, you know, mentally, you always, uh, well, I visualize a lot, you know, so I, I watch either mm -hmm. fight tapes of guys, you know, if we played the Leafs, I knew like Ty, let's say Ty Domi or, or even Wade Bielak that was there, uh, you know, they were tough guys to, and I studied stuff tape like like that, uh, if you go uh, Donald Brashear or whatever, you know, so I think mentally it was, Pretty tough. like, and sometimes I remember like playing uh, games where I'd have like two minutes forty, <laughs> forty say uh, like two minutes whatever forty or three minutes of ice time, and after the game I was so exhausted because I kept mm -hmm. like I was so anxious and just it's gonna happen and I'm gonna fight I'm gonna and then I'd go on the ice he would the the tough guy let's say Chris Simon or, or Bogart or. or Prober that it wasn't out there, you know. I'd go come back on the bench, and then I get another shift. Then the whistle would blow; they would change the lines. But then I was always hyped up. You get hyped up, you know, and jacks up for two hours. The game finished. I didn't fight. Nothing happened. I'm in the room, and I go back home, have a beer or two, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so exhausted. I barely play, but just." The energy it takes off to you mentally and that it was crazy. It was just uh, just thinking too much of fighting and that, but that was me. Just so much anxiety, so much, you know, thinking of fighting, fighting, fighting. And then, uh, you know, you go home and uh, have a car, like you said, a couple of beers. I'd be so dead tired. And I was like, I barely played, but it was just all the, the, the hype, you know, that was inside of me to hold two and a half hour three hours the game lasts whatever so uh yeah just a tough role you know but like i said before i uh you know i i always told myself i'll do whatever to stay there and when i was 34 uh that was my last year uh, i tried to sign then i started thinking again sh i should have done this should i maybe did this should i fought a more maybe to get more contracts I guess I was just washed up and too old. So, well, <laughs> well you know what it is, Andre. Andre, you, Andre no, so yeah, you got a. I got a couple of things. First of all, yeah. uh, when you like, we've talked to some tough guys. I've seen interviews with tough guys, and they talk about how difficult it was 
like the night before a game when you knew you were oh, playing yeah. a tough guy and what you went through trying to fall asleep and that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. that That's a little part of the anxiety during the game. But the night, afternoon naps, like I'm a guy that really likes to shut it down a little bit just to, you know, rest my head and be ready as be just you know uh, ready to go so but afternoon naps uh, i don't know how many times i couldn't sleep i was just rolling rolling and thinking then i'd be like all right i'm up i'm up right, you don't want me to sleep i won't sleep like, who are you talking to no one leave me alone so I, I, i'd go on hockey fights start looking at fights and grabbing a coffee espresso and then i'd just like you know going skip rope in the house <laughs> but uh yeah but you're right you know and the night before it happened too but at one point you'd fall asleep and uh good story uh, i have a good story actually with the boston bruins first nhl game they called me up when i was 20 years old like i said i i was I, I don't think I was ready to become, uh, and I wasn't quite the man and I was still like, you know, 202 or whatever when I was 20. The, and, you know, I was strong, but not like a 26, 27 year old. I get called up by the Buffalo, Sa uh, by the Buffalo, by the Bruins playing the Buffalo Sabres. So I go to the hotel in Boston. And then I'm starting, I start thinking again, like, okay, I'm playing the Buffalo Sabres, Rob Ray, Brad May, Barnaby. Well, Barnaby's all right. I could, uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, Barney, just kidding, buddy. You're good. I like that. Uh, but Rob Ray, Rob Ray, Brad May, oh my God, man. I was like, man, can I fight these? Like, if I have to, I guess I'll, I'll fight them. But, hey, I didn't – I fell asleep, I think it was 4 a.m. that night, just thinking of the next game, my first <laughs> NHL game. Then I was like, what if they beat me up bad? My career is over. What You know, I started thinking of so much scenarios of me getting beat up, a robbery with no shirt on and just being up on my head, 20-year-old sucking his thumb. So I was like, man – I, I, I kept rolling. I couldn't sleep. I was doing push-ups at 2 a.m. trying to – and I remember I, I barely slept that night. I was so nervous about my, my, my debut and facing the Buffalo Sabres. But, yeah, you're right. Just uh, uh, night, nights not sleeping. I've, I've been through that a lot, many, many, many times, especially when you're facing uh, tough guys like, uh, you know, any tough guys. I mean, and, and especially when something happened the game before and you just know it's going to happen, you know, the next game, that's tough uh, mentally. And, uh, yeah, it takes away the, the, the sleep now for me anyways. The other thing that guys always talk about is uh, Squid Night. And it, this kind of, I, it kind of amazed me a lot was that all the guys we've spoken to had said they never fight angry. Now, Chris Nyland told us when he was on, he did once and he regretted it after because he lost the fight because the way they always, and Andre, maybe yeah. you, can, you can attain to this, they always felt they wanted to be in control so they never got themselves angry and they could fight yeah. better than and stay in control. Was that how you approached it as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a great quote uh, for, from Knuckles. And uh, it's true, even in MMA, I remember... Uh, GSP, those guys said they never go hangry and crazy because you waste a lot of energy and, you know, you, you might do mistakes because you're, you're not thinking. You're just, ah, you know, you're just so, so, uh, 
so pissed off that maybe sometimes you, you, you're just not going to fight the same way. So it's, it's a perfect quote. It's important to, to, you're ready, you know, mentally, you know, you're going to get into a fight, but you have to be smart about it. You know, all depend who you're fighting. Uh, if it's somebody that fights for three minutes, you know, good guys, like there's some guys that would go on forever. When I think of Darren Langdon or, uh, you know, even Bob Prover, Mick Sorley, those guys could fight forever. Uh, you have to, to make sure you don't just go out the first 15, 20 seconds, then you're done and they'll just uh, kick the snot out of you. So those are all things, even uh, guys that punch really hard, like let's say you face a Tony Twist or Colton Orr was known to be a good puncher too. You have to be very careful of how you're going to go and fight those guys, you know. So, um, and it comes to the, the angriness. I think uh, if you go in all mad and that, that's where you're going to open up, maybe do mistakes and get caught and, and just end up losing the fight. So, uh, it's so, uh, it's just a, a perfect quote from uh, Knuckles and uh, any former guys that, that say that. Yep. I agree with it. Yep. Uh, the other thing I was going to, well, actually, just as a sidebar to that, Tiger Williams, they used to avoid, that used before your time and around Rick's yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, they used to avoid him because the thing about Tiger was guys would fight. They'd get their one fight out of the way, as you'd say, you'd wait all night and be anxious and he'd get the fight out of the way. But Tiger didn't think that way. If he fought you once, he'd fight you every time you're on the ice. And guys were tired of that. They don't want to deal with that. And so they just stayed away from him because they didn't want yeah. to go through it all night. Yeah, okay, well, he, he, Mike, he was a completely different animal, that guy, Tiger, <laughs> I'm telling you. That, that's why he's, he's the leader, all-time leader in PIMS. Eh? Yeah. He's, uh, but uh, but, but uh, real quick, uh, the, I met all those guys. I met uh, Ricky just doing all these events, charity events. I, I, I met a lot of these guys. So it's fun to talk with Tiger, those guys. But yeah, Tiger was, uh, and uh, yeah, just from watching tapes and stuff like that, all the pimps he racked up, he must have been something out there for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and it's true. A lot of times I did fight. And I was anxious, I was hyped up, we'd get in a fight, then, okay, now I can play. But, you know, when you have a guy like that that just comes back, let's go, you want to go, let's go. It's like, all right, can we just play hockey? Like, stop coming after me every game, every shift, wanting to fight. Like, I mean, like, I like to play too. Sometimes I would fight right away so I could play the game after, you know, because it's way, it's way, uh, I felt way better once I got in the tilt. And then I could just play then just, oh, is it going to happen? Okay. And then I just think about fighting second period. Okay. Maybe now I get two, three shifts in, nothing happened. Oh, third period again. No, let's just get it out of the way. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. And uh, no, I mean, boom, boom, boom. Let's play hockey <laughs> and have fun with it. Well, so speaking it of playing hockey. Hey, so Andre, let's, let's do the fun part then. So you go to Ottawa, you end up in Tampa Bay. Talk about the standing cup year and, you know, the end result. That's yeah, what yeah. It's That's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah, I uh, well, actually, I, to, I was playing with the Sens. I was there two and a half years, and I was part of the years where we uh, lost it in the first round to the Leafs every year. That was tough because <laughs> honestly, that. regular season that was two thousand, two thousand one, and oh two, early two thousands. You know, so um, we were finishing first every year. The Sens, you know, with Jacques Martin, we had the Radic Bong, Marianosa, Redden. Uh, you know, Martin Avlad, we, we were really good in, in the regular season. 
And, um, you know, come playoff time, it's a different game. And that's a great proof because the Leaf, uh, they would turn it up. They'd be physical. Like I remember uh, with the Tucker, Wendell, uh, Joe Neuwendijk, uh, even McCabe on D was really tough to play against those guys. So, um, and uh, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it sucked that we lost to the Leafs. But anyways, um, yeah, so I got traded that third year to Tampa. And uh, I remember going to Tampa and I was really sour about the trade because my name wasn't in any rumors. And I was playing pretty well with the Sands. There was some good articles, good things said about me. So I was pretty confident. I liked it because it was close to home too for friends, family to come see me in Ottawa. So then I got traded in Tampa. They're out of the playoffs, obviously. So I turned the franchise around. I, I said, all right, guys, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> so I took it. <laughs> so, just kidding. Uh, so I got there and uh, I got there, but there was a good uh, a good group there. The core, you know, with the Marty St. Louis uh, that just started to make a name for himself, uh, Vinny LeCavier, Brad Richards. Uh, they started bringing some pieces in. So Dave Andrichuk, Tim Taylor, good veterans, you know, Danny Boyle, uh, then uh, Pavel Kubina that played uh, with the Leafs too. So, um, that, that that first year, uh, I got suspended. I don't know. I think I was uh, I was a little sour that year, anyways. But the next year, we had a pretty good run. We made it in the second round and lost to the Devils. Yeah, that's right. So we that was '03. We lost to the Devils. I think they went and won the cup that year. The Devils. The next year, coming to camp as a group, you know, beating. Um, we beat the Caps that first year. The year before, lost the Devils. We uh, had a good 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 camp uh then once the team was all settled good meeting team bonding and uh we started a year and wow we we had a great start you know with the happy bullen uh we got daryl sidor veteran so we had the modine Corey stillman fedotenko anyway so a really good start uh then we kind of i think around december wasn't as good but then we had a good uh, team meeting in montreal from then on we went on a roll, started winning games after game. Boom, boom. boom. Where, just, where was the meeting? It, 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 <laughs> yeah, it was Shapery. Shapery. So, uh, let's put our hands together. Welcome, beautiful Chantal. Uh, so, uh, but uh, no, it was a Montreal, I remember, because uh, we lost three, four games towards all pissed off. So, we had a good meeting. We won that game. Then we started winning, winning, winning. We won on a roll, uh, 15, 16 wins in a row. We believe that as a group, we could really win. So, anyways, we went in the playoffs, beat the Isles first round in five, beat the Habs in four. Then we faced Philly. That went in seven. That was a tough series. And then the Flames in all four in seven. So, uh, just a great run. Um, you know, everybody contributed uh, differently. And, uh, yeah, just a great experience. I uh, got to raise the cup, you know. So, obviously, I'll cherish that. Uh, that moment for the rest of my life just great memories from uh, that year for sure now, well, you, now mentioned, you, said, you oh, mentioned three guys andre yeah that, okay so i played with dave anderson in buffalo we sat right beside each other in the dressing room uh brad richards good old pei boy yeah and the most impressive and the guy that i love is marty st louis i got to coach oh. him for two years in St. John, New Brunswick. Yeah. And I tried to convince Calgary at the end of the year when we went and talked about our 
whole organization that they should sign them. They could sign them to a one year, half a million dollar contract and they wouldn't do it. I said, just put them with some good players. This guy will score you 30 goals, 30 assists. And nobody listens to me. They let him go. Now he's in the Hall of Fame, his Stanley Cup, couple of scoring championships. I mean, you know, but I knew that because I was with him every day. Yeah. yeah. Well, for sure, it's probably hard to predict back then, right? It's uh, Nowadays, you're like, oh, the Flames really uh, fucked up on that. But uh, I, I knew Marty because I played minor hockey against him, and he was always, wow, just a good player, small. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that really there's me giving him some beers while he's getting stitched up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was in great shape too, eh? a little skinnier than now. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> But Marty was just unreal hockey player growing up, a shorter, smaller guy, but, you know, always wanted to prove himself. And that's what he did his whole career. And I remember him saying, like, in Calgary, he was playing on the fourth line when he got called mm-hmm. up with Craig Berube. And I don't know if it was Dave Laurie or, or another tough guy, I think. And he's like, I was playing three, four minutes a game, so it was tough to uh, – to produce, I was like, "Welcome to my world." Yeah, give me twenty minutes, I'd be in the Hall of Fame too with my slap shot. You know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> anyways, no, but uh, kidding aside, uh, Marty just, I think, uh, yeah, he want he was looking for an opportunity going mm-hmm. to Tampa off waivers. Uh, I think Tortorella probably saw something in him and uh, just started giving him lots of high time. And Marty, I think. His confidence probably stepped up. He started scoring lots of goals and contributing. And, uh, yeah, from then on, it's just history. Uh, you know, we know what he yeah. did uh, for many, many years. He was just unreal. But just a great example of determination, one to prove himself. And uh, I always use him as an example when I talk to people in that about a hardworking guy. I played with some star players. Like even off ice, he, he worked his, his tail off, you know, in, in yeah. the gym, on the ice, wanted to improve as a player, did a lot of drills after uh, in the gym summertime. He would show up at camp always in great, great shape. So, um, and I think that was a motivation for him not being drafted, uh, being told his old career, you're too small, you, yeah. you, you'll never make it in the NHL. And, uh, you know, just uh, unreal to see him. I remember him just getting hit, cross check. He would get up and roll right in front of the net. And and I've seen other guys where they get cross check or punch in the head. They look at the ref and trying to get a penalty and whining, skating <laughs> to the bench with their head down. You know, I, I kind of, that type of body language, I hate seeing that, you know. But Marty never said a word, just battled through it and just, you know, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to compete. I don't care if you punch me, cross-check me. Just unreal to watch. Unreal. Well, yeah, now, uh, speaking of motivation, the guy at the top, John Tortorella, he's a guy that uh, he's probably a very polarizing figure. You must have some stories on him. Yeah. <laughs> some good and, and, and not as good stories. Uh, and I tell people I, I had some good stuff. There's a B right here. How are you doing, bud? Uh, there's um, <laughs> s- some good stuff, like like the, the cup run towards was great, played me a lot, uh, you know, uh, trusted me, <laughs> and some other stuff that happened, decisions uh, that I never understand. Like I took 
let's say I would take a penalty and, and obviously I had a reputation around the league, just, you know, I, I've been suspended for, for stuff, uh, and, uh, being the physical guy that the guy that fought some refs, like would, I would have a shorter leash than a LeCavier or, mm -hmm. or, you know, um, I don't know, uh, Corey Stillman or whatever. So, uh, I know that sometimes I, one year I remember and, and Torts was always like, Andre, we need you under control now, you know, just go out there, be careful <laughs> under control. It's like, yes, I know. And I, I was so worried. I was almost scared to finish checks and, and, and hurt somebody and get a penalty and whatever. So that first year in 03, I, I remember being in the playoffs. We had a good talk right before the playoffs. First game, uh, our goalie, Nikolai Habibulin, freezes the puck. And I remember we were playing the Caps and Jeff Halpern came in and kind of hit Habibulin's glove and Habibulin kind of went like, oh, you know, with his hand. And I just came in and pushed Halpern in the chest. And he took a dive back. The referee's like, Roy, roughing, two minutes. I was like, come on now, are you kidding? I barely touched him. He's like, go to the box. I don't want to hear you roughing. So I'm like, oh my, I, I didn't even touch him. I barely, I just pushed him aside. It was a joke. So I go in the box and I look across. I could see towards there. <laughs> and he's walking like he's doing the walk behind the bench, but just looking and staring at me. I'm like, oh man. And I'm like this, I'm crossing my fingers, my legs, my arms. It's like, Please, guys, kill the penalty. Please kill the penalty. So Yarmir Yager scores on the PP. <laughs> so I get, I do the skate of shame. I skate to the, the penalty, to the, the bench. And Torts is waiting for me. You fucking selfish fucking sit your ass <laughs> over there. You are done. You're done. I said, Torts, I barely, I don't want to hear anything. You sit over there. <laughs> go sit so oh my god so i just let him you know when he loses it i mean there's nothing you can do we've no. seen him in vancouver with bob hartley <laughs> <laughs> i almost uh texted him hey towards stay under control when that happened with the canine but no but uh, he towards a good guy and I, I tell people we're the same like when i snap it when he snapped we're, we're the same our heads like bumped and we had a lot of uh, F-bomb matchup. Oh, no, you And he liked that sometimes, you know. But I remember, yeah, so after that, he told me uh, we were going three and four in Washington. He said, he called me at home. He's like, you're not coming on the road trip. On, on, the, on the, I was like, why? He's like, well, I'm not going to play you. I don't want you to be a distraction. Uh, <laughs> you were selfish. Selfish. Are you kidding me? I barely, I try to just protect our goalie anyway. Just stuff like that. So um, I went home. Guys were calling me. Where are you? I was like, I guess I, you know, I'm staying home towards doesn't want me around the locker room. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, just stuff like that. Sometimes I didn't agree on those decisions, but, you know, it's just stuff. That, and he was a guy that took some decisions really quick. And sometimes he kind of regretted too, you know. Then we get back, we'd have a meeting and say, you know, uh, maybe I, I shouldn't have done it that way, whatever. But I heard he's improved too as a coach on that area, that aspect of him with Columbus now going to Philly. I don't know how that's going to turn out, um, but he's a good coach. X and O's, he's, he's very prepared. Uh, he knows what he's doing, a lot of videos. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he's going to have a good impact, I think, going to Philly. But on the long run, I don't know. You know. Well, he, uh, he kind of uh, just... 
he's, he's settled down a little bit, I think. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, he was my assistant coach in Buffalo under Rick Dudley. Yeah. And Rick Dudley was a hothead too. So Torch had to be the kind of nice guy, right? <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. nobody nobody would imagine that he could be that, but he was the nice guy and and uh Duds was the guy who was going crazy all the time. Yeah. But Duds <laughs> we had Duds on and he had a lot of good things to say about John as a person yep. and yeah. how he's evolved as a coach as well. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. He's a good guy. He's a great guy, he's involved yeah. in the community. Uh, he's great to talk to off the ice. You know, I think summertime he has a a, a dog thing, a, a chair for dogs, yeah. uh, a rescue dog kind of thing that he's involved too with. A great guy, just you know, he's uh, he's got the, the the Italian in him, the the the, the blood, the the the, the, <laughs> what is the hot blood, you know, like. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, he's just a hard nose. He, he reacts quick, like me. You know, when I snap, you know, it's tough to. The Andre settle down. No, I'm not gonna settle down. I'm gonna, anyways. But uh, you know, but he has good qualities. A good coach, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, how he is. And Rick Dudley's the guy that actually brought me in Ottawa. So I know yeah. he liked tough guys because I was in the minors, and he signed me as a free agent with the Senators. And he was talking to me. I remember uh, on the phone, he liked the way I played and the physicalness. So, yeah, you're right. Dudley and towards together must have been woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Stanley well, Cup victory, you must have had some really good st- – now, you did a really cool thing. I'd like to share this with the listener with your day with the Cup, I think, which was a first. Yeah. You want to share that one with the guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's – uh, I had a, yeah, exactly. I had a really uh, well-organized, and you have to, when you win the cup, it's one day. Well, guys like me, Andrew Chuck probably had three, four, five, St. Louis, those guys. But the plugs, <laughs> the plugs like me and uh, Chris Dingman, and uh, no, no. <laughs> we, uh, we have the cup for one day. So it's important to, to really uh, have a schedule in your day. And it goes by so fast. I tell people that it's crazy. So, I, I got the cup at home in the morning around 10. I had it till noon from there. I was at, uh, I lived on a golf course. So one of my buddies uh, that works uh, with RDS uh, hooked me up. I didn't know that was like the surprise for me on the day. I uh, had an helicopter picking me up at my golf course by my house. And the the pilot was Guy Lafleur. So I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I, like he told he told me about the, the helicopter bringing me to my hometown, which is 20 minutes away from where I live now. So I was like, oh, that's oh, that's awesome. But I didn't know the Lafleur thing. That was a surprise. So I see the helicopter land. I'm coming with the cup. I, and then I, I put it, you know, inside the helicopter. Then I see the pilot kind of go around. But then I see it's Guy Lafleur. So I'm like, I was like, Guy what what are you doing here? He's like, I'm the pilot. You're the pilot. You're flying me. You're the ones guy. He's like, yeah. And I was like, come on, no. So everybody's laughing. It was like a surprise. I was like, I can't believe. Like he was an idol. I watched him as a teen growing up. Obviously, you know. So I had Lafleur driving me in the air to my hometown. So that was pretty special. And uh, in that same uh, moment, I, I, I proposed to uh, my my wife. So I, I had a. I had bought a ring. I thought about it, doing it. And I said, why not do it at the same time with the Stanley Cup? So as we're in the air, I bought a ring. I had it in my pocket. And I put it in the uh, in the Stanley Cup there. So 
And I remember my, my girlfriend wife at the time was just looking outside because she didn't want to be sick. And I was like, hey, uh, okay, look in the cup. Uh, there's still a little bit champagne. She's like, yeah, later. I was like, no, but look, uh, there, there's, there's something funny. And she's like, yeah, 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 leave me alone. I like, hey, seriously, look in the cup. No, no. She's like, you're annoying. What the? So she looked and she was like, what is, what's, I was like, open it. She's like, what is, so she opened it, it was all wrapped on, I had the ring, so I, I was like a gentleman, and uh, hi, honey, will you marry me? <laughs> yeah, me, I know I'm a little crazy sometimes, I love you, would you like to, so we, uh, yeah, I proposed to the wife, and I think it was a first, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Well, so the that's Stanley pretty Cup good. party, uh, yeah, it turned out as, uh, as an engagement and Stanley Cup party, we had fun that day. And meeting, and meeting Guy Lafleur. Yeah, I mean, and Guy Lafleur. Yeah, that like, was awesome. I, yeah, it can't get any better pictures. than that. <laughs> no, exactly. It was, that was unreal. I have great pictures with the, the flower in the cup and uh, just good memories for sure, man. That was awesome. You know, I didn't expect well, it, well, so it was a nice surprise. Well, one of the uh, funny things that we laugh about is that, as Grit and I talk about this, is that uh, every player, and we've had guys tell us when they win the Stanley Cup, the interviews on the ice. Now you must get a chuckle out of this, having gone through it yourself. But they get the microphone in front of them, and I've, we've had guys tell us they even rehearse what they're gonna say. Because when that yeah. moment comes up, then all of a sudden yeah. that microphone gets put in front of their face, and all of a sudden their minds just go completely blank, and they can't yeah. see anything. Yeah. Did you did you experience the same thing yourself when when you guys won? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I, I didn't press game seven, so. That's another thing with Tords, but I'm glad we still won the cup, you know, and and I'm not trying to be selfish. We won the cup. I played uh, 21 games in the playoffs and got scratched 6-7. So that was kind of a, oh, man, that hurt. But if I look back, we still won the cup and I'm happy. It's it's what I dreamed of. I Just that I would have loved to be there. So uh, what I'm saying now is I was in the room and like with all the guys were getting dressed. And I started drinking a little beers. I was like, win or lose, we are done. It was game seven. So I started drinking a couple of beers. So I think I went on the ice. I was a little buzzed too, you know? So if you look at tapes, if you look at tapes on the ice, I remember some guys were like, what the, who the, who the hell is skating in the background? I was just having a blast. And guys were doing interviews on CBC. And you could see there's a guy in the back doing sprints and, just skating around that was me i was diving on the ice and i just being like a kid i was so excited i remember doing some interviews uh with the french media from montreal and in english and and like you said you know obviously you always want to say the 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 the, the correct things and oh yeah just, but i was just like oh man it's just great i just want to say hi to everybody we're gonna party this summer we're gonna have a blast and i I, I was just like yelling and just having a blast and just like a kid in a candy store. I don't think it even makes sense what I was saying. But anyways, people were text calling me after. Man, that was hilarious on TV. I, I, I didn't understand what you said, but it was funny as hell. So I always had a fun with it and a good times for sure. Now, any crazy uh, stories you can tell us from the boys? Uh, you guys didn't have a bar bill like the Boston Bruins when they rang oh, up yeah. a $1,000 bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we didn't. We went out for uh, 
obviously win the cup then the next day there's the parade and then we're, we're you've seen image the last couple of years the lightning and the i wish yeah. we would have done the cedars and the boating yeah. we, we didn't have that it was downtown and the cars and that but it was still uh pretty amazing fun and then next day is a dinner with with uh, family wives whatever next day boys going out next day again going out then we're going out after a week of going out all the time you know i mean guys are uh, it's tough on the body you know just partying partying some guys start kind of sneaking out of tampa going back home or on vacation but uh nothing crazy i think uh we got some limos and just partied what what have we done we uh what I, at Andrew Chuck's house, I think till 8 a.m. one night, the night of the cup, uh, with the cup in the pool, all dressed up. Uh, we're playing WWE with the Stanley Cup, uh, WF, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but nothing crazy. You're just singing, you know, guys, uh, all naked in the pool, and uh, it was just, <laughs> you know, just a fun time. <laughs> now, obviously, you win a cup. There's got to be some great leadership. Uh, obviously, yeah. Dave Vanderchuk. I know Dave very well. I know he'd be a good leader. Who are the other guys that kind of, you know, took the leadership role on that team? Yeah, well, like you said, some guys are leaders uh, by on by on the ice. You know, some others are good talkers and a good voice in the locker room. And Andy is one. Dave Vanderchuk, I think, uh, was pretty good. Tim Taylor, awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a video message from. Uh, uh, a message left by Ray Bork. I guess Tim was good friends with Raymond Bork, and he he left a good message, like sort of a motivation uh, motivation speech for our team that he put on the speaker, and we listened to. So Tim, Timmy Taylor, uh, Dave, um, I think even Vinny Lecavier, Richard, Marty St. Louis uh, was actually a good voice in the mm -hmm. room too. You know, so. Uh, uh, Daryl Sador was a veteran we acquired. Uh, was he in Dallas at that time? Or, anyways, he won the cup with the St Dallas Stars, so we knew right. Daryl would would be good too. So on D, he was very good. So those guys, you know, all mixed together. Freddie Modine, all, also was a pretty good, good vocal voice. So, uh, uh, yeah, with some guys would just go out there and play uh, hard on the ice, but uh, you you need that. I think you need a good mix of guys that can. You know, calm down things in the locker room mm -hmm. when whenever everybody's like just running around or just panicking, whatever. It's important to have veterans to settle things down, and then on the ice, just go out and uh, play uh, and lead by example. Uh, you need guys like that too. Well, now you mentioned that leadership from those guys. Now you, as a young impressionable guy, and we get we can see you're a very excitable guy and very an anxious guy, so that that's a very good thing with lots of energy. Yeah. But was there a guy? coming up did you play with or guys that you admired how they carried themselves both on and off the ice and the term used today is the good pro uh yeah i think well in ottawa i'd like to use uh daniel alfredson i think uh, i played with him uh there's another guy and, and it seems like the star players and guys that are successful are guys that are uh just dedicated to the game not that nobody else is but Obviously, a lot of guys, sometimes we need those days off. We want to kind of rest our bodies and uh, just go have a beer, forget about hockey. And not that these guys don't do it, but I think Alfredson uh, in the gym, after practices, uh, on the ice, uh, just the way 
he uh, carried himself, you know, he was just a professional, not the loudest guy, the most vocal, but just the way he handled himself. Um, then uh, I like to use Marty St. Louis in Tampa. He's the same type, you know, on, off the ice, uh, what he eats, mm -hmm. uh, sleep and that. Um, and uh, I saw Sidney Crosby as a rookie. He was very young, but the, the reason he's probably the best hockey in the world at the time going one overall uh, I saw why I was there. Uh, I signed as a free agent and Sid, uh, 18 years old, had 102 points that year, 102. Um, we were terrible that year, but uh, Sid just had a tremendous year as an 18-year-old. Uh, did a lot of extra work after, went to bed early, uh, ate uh, properly and uh, just, you know, it was just hockey, hockey. Uh, so those are just, uh, Mario played a little bit, but not enough to see, you know, how he was. But I think Mario Lemuy was just a, a pure talent, just unreal. Mm -hmm. Another guy I like to see where I finish in Calgary was Jerome McGinley. Wow, what a true sport. What a, mm -hmm. if I, I'd have to look up to a player, is Jerome McGinley. There's a guy that uh, mm -hmm. in the gym, three plates, squatting, boom, boom. After we have a day off tomorrow, mid-season, he's going hard doing squats and, and plyometrics, whatever. Just unreal. You, and you see, you know, why he has the success he has is just a guy that's so uh, dedicated to the game, you know. So Jerome Ginla too was very impressive. So Andre, we didn't have a gym back in my day, so I I just put <laughs> <laughs> it was just drinking beer. They, they had Jim Bean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I heard so many great stories of the guys playing the seventies, eighties, whatever. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so now speaking of which, so some of the jokesters, now, any pranks you can share with us that uh, you spotted over the years? I'm sure you're probably center of a few well, he, Hey, he yeah. was probably part of it. That's what yeah, I just yeah. said. I'm guessing that, Squid. Yeah. Well, I, I like I tell people, I'm more of a guy. Uh, jokes, not as like doing pranks and stuff. I've done some stuff, you know, but I'm more a guy of in the moment, you know, I'm like, I think of stuff, I look around, I'm going to do this, guys will howl, you know, like, oh. let's say we go, uh, we go to Morton's, let's say a restaurant, uh, it's a nice steakhouse in the States, you know, so, yeah. uh, and, 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 and then I go uh, in the back while guys are eating and that, so I go in the back, I see like the plates coming out and I kind of knew it's our table, you know. And I go and talk to the waiter. Hey, do you mind if I kind of help you guys out? I just want to. So uh, let's say I, I grab a tuxedo. I take, a, let's say, my shirt off, you know, bare chest. And then I grab, you know, how they have the folding thing that kind of just goes like an X like this. Yeah. I would use it like a, as an old man, like a, a cane, you know. I would walk with it and I'd come to the table limping with it, you know. And guys were like, what the fuck is he doing? And then people in the restaurant are kind of just looking at me like, who the hell? And then I put it by the table, go get the tray. I bring the steaks on the table. So who had the fillet? The eight ounce fillet? That's you. Okay, here you go. There's a, just stuff like crazy like that. We do shoe checks. Obviously, the shoe checks under the table. Yeah. You yeah. grab uh, ketchup and uh, ranch sauce. Put it on the guy's uh, Gucci shoes that he played. Paid. I don't know how much money. That was always funny. And I remember nailing some, uh, you know, some some rookies like getting called up, and I would nail their helmet with the chin strap on the 
because we put it in our stall there, you know, the wood stall. <laughs> I grab a nail and I would just hit it before they show up at the ring. So as they go on the ice, they would try to get the helmet, but I would nail the straps on the wood. There. <laughs> they would try to, what the heck? Then they'd get up and try to, okay, they'd ask the trainer for a hammer just to get the nails out. Just stuff like, silly stuff like that. Oh, that that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Just obviously the shaving cream and the gloves or skates. We've done that too. I remember in Caroline, actually, we had a team team meal with Torts. Torts would wear these little little reading glasses on the tip of his nose when we do the videos and and when he'd read his notes in the locker room. We had a team meal in in Carolina at Roots Chris. Torts left and forgot his glasses. So I remember going off. Oh, Somebody's like, hey, Torts forgot his glasses. I got up. I put the glasses on the tip of my nose. Guys, there's, there's maybe two tables left of maybe eight, nine guys. You know, most of guys start leaving, going back to the hotel. So I, I put the glasses on and I'm like pretending I'm Torts. So I was like, you guys, fucking, you wonder why you're out of the lineup, Le Cavalier? You think you're working? You're not. You're a franchise player. You're embarrassing. Fucking get your head out of your ass and start fucking playing like a franchise player. Yeah. Or you'll be out line up so fast you won't have no clue. And they're kind of laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at, Richards? Hey, pretty boy, you think you're cute? You'll be like, wall watching the games from up there eating popcorns. Fuck, you're out of shape. Get on the bike. I'm just fucking around like that. God damn it, you fucking guys. You think you're working out? You're not. I'll send you in the mining job. Just saying whatever Torts has been saying in the season, you know. So they're laughing, but then I kind of slowly notice that guys are not as laughing as much. And I keep doing my, my Tortorella impression. So I kind of see from the corner of my eye, there's like a little dot there with a. So I kind of turn slowly. I see the guys are like this. So I turn slowly. I see Torts is in the corner and the doorway with his arms crossed he's just looking at me while i've been doing torts for 30 seconds whatever he's like shaking his head like just give me my fucking glasses so i gave him his i said oh torts you forgot these sorry i was going to bring him back to you and then next day out of lineup i was healthy scratch again <laughs> well that would get you into the stands <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was like joe torts i was kidding i was just uh, no it's nothing again i love you torts i was like oh man i'm i'm in trouble <laughs> obviously so anyways but it was just all for fun you know guys laughed and uh, yeah but Torres like that, you know, he liked to have fun when it was the, the right time. The, the year, the cup year, uh, we had a hell of a season. We finished first in the, the, the division uh, We had, in a conference, yeah. So we had lots of uh, days off and he was good, in a good mood, you know, joking. So obviously everybody that's winning always, it's a good spirit, right? It's, it's fun. So Well, I think, I think yeah. what he's doing now is he's, he's taking everything out on the press now rather than the players. <laughs> Larry Brooks. Oh my God, Larry Brooks. Have you ever been yeah. in a fight, Brooksy? But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. If you look on YouTube, there's top tens of stuff he said uh, in the media or whatever. It's it's kind of funny, but that's him, right? That's Torch. yeah, that's Torch. Well, Andre, we're getting that. We, 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 we've, we've kept you now for an hour, but uh, you know, we just a couple minutes left here, and uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Just maybe a couple no other problem. things. While you're on a roll here going, 
Some of the guys on the ice, now, some of the funniest chirps you've heard on the ice, especially now, you, you sound like you're a guy who probably gives a few. What are some of the best ones you've given or some you've heard? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I've said a lot of, like, it was mean back then. Nothing racist, but just mean stuff about moms or girlfriends and uh, <laughs> just stuff like that. And going the, the, the hard part, you know, you hear a story, you would use it, but you know, properly, not, not maybe, uh, you, there's a line where you have to be careful, you know, but a lot of stuff, obviously calling guys name, uh, all the words, the bad words you can think of, you know, you have, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, but, uh, uh, some funny stuff, uh, <laughs> well, what was, uh, well, I remember one guy, I'm not going to say who, but I heard yeah. on the bench, who was it? A guy I played with in the minor. He's like, Hey, uh, he, he names the guy that's actually playing the NHL. He's like, uh, hey, Nana, have you got your trophy yet? So he's like, hey, Nana, have you had your trophy? But he's loud. He's right by our bench. He looks at him. The fucking trophy you're talking about. He's like, the trophy of the ugliest fuck in the league, you dumb fuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> because the guy, the guy was just ugly with acne all over his face. I know it's, it can be mean. But I, I howled so loud. And that was actually in the moment. I don't know. The guy was, oh, fuck, did I laugh so hard at that one? But I know it might, it might be cruel for some people. But, uh, you know, but, but that's how you try to get under guys, under their skins. Barn mm -hmm. Barnaby was a, a master at that. Sean Avery, those guys. Uh, real quick, I had so many, so many quotes that I, I can't think of right now. I don't know the pressure of the Stanley Cup interview right now. I'm feeling it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Said. Hey, while you're thinking of that, while you're thinking, let me give you the one Barney gave us. Squid and I love this one. I guess he, he was, as you talk about, a real chirper. And when he was going at somebody, and they were giving it to him back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth, and somebody went at him hard about his mother. See, so that yeah. kind of crossed the line a little bit. So he went up to the guy who it was and just said to him, yeah, you want to keep talking like that? Well, let's see how your wife no, no, feels when she hears about your girlfriend in Montreal. So the guy kind of looked at him, double take, and didn't say anything. So for the rest of the game and the rest of the series was during the playoffs, he left him alone and he stayed away from Barney. Barney kept looking yeah. at him like, be careful. <laughs> and so in the shake, handshake line, they're going through and the guy comes up to me, looks at him, and he looked. Man, how the fuck did you know, like, about that girl? My girl, Barney goes because I was banging her sister or her girlfriend. <laughs> wow! And the oh, guy yeah. goes, "You got to be kidding!" And Bart, yeah. we and Rick and I just howl like so. Oh, I mean, yeah. he well, hey, when you when you got that kind of dirt on a guy, you yeah. use it. You use oh, yeah. it as much as you can. <laughs> exactly, because a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys that know each other and know a friend or a, so you hear stories sometimes I know what really okay I'm gonna get under his skin with that one and the guy's like how the fuck does he know about this you know so uh, but uh yeah I was just chirping like I remember uh like Dave Lowry in 04 he was close to retirement too and I was from the bench hey Lowry you old fucking bastard why don't you retire you old fuck I was giving it to him but it was just you know in the moment you're trying to get under everybody's skin is just uh just stuff like that that's not too bad but I mean it's uh the stuff yeah. that was said back then it, it, and it worked I mean Claude Lemieux made a living out of it and a lot of guys were just masters at at, at 
getting under the skin of other players. So. Yeah. Squid, a final yeah. comment before Andre go? No, it's just uh, he did one thing that I never did, and that was win a cup. So, uh, Andre, that's fabulous. And uh, you Absolutely. were a great guest today, obviously. We had Thank a blast you, in Moncton, and then again in uh, where the hell were we? Uh, near Barrie, somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, thanks, okay. thanks for thanks for having me. And one thing I never did is you know, scoring fifty goals like you. So, I guess we're even there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but also I know maybe some Leafs fans, people in the area, are like, "Why, Andre? Wow, well, I've been doing a, a lot of events the last four or five years, and I met Rick a couple times with Jackson yeah. events and hockey helps the homeless." Uh, we've done uh, even Easter Seals. We see the picture there. So I've been involved in different charity events, which I like. And I've been seeing lots of Leafs, former Leafs players. So I almost feel like a Leaf player now, just see meeting all the Corson, the uh, Wendell, uh, you know, uh, even Tucker, Primo. You know, I met a, a bunch of guys, Tiger and uh, Ricky. So, uh, yeah. So it's always good. That's all we uh, kind of met. And here I am today, a podcast with you guys. So. Yeah. Well, our, we sort of we go we talk to every all players, so not just Maple Leafs. So we talk to everybody, so it's that's why it the name is a little bit right uh, not really what we are all about. But again, we want to thank you yeah. so much for joining us. You are quite funny and some great stories and some great insights. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All was fun, and I'll say hi to my former girlfriends in the Toronto area. <laughs>